in a crude laboratory in the basement of his home. Welcome to the CEO Raider podcast. It's your host, John Mayetta. If you like this podcast, leave us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts and subscribe while you're there. Appreciate the reviews and ratings. It makes it easier for other people to find us at Apple Podcasts and wherever you make it, your podcast content. Just wanted to speak briefly today on Xerox, a very poor example of, of corporate governance. I've been negative on Xerox since 2012. Uh, back then, I, I wrote a letter to uh, former Xerox CEO Ursula Burns advocating a position whereby the company should go and execute a strategic M&A program around software M&A and info services acquisitions. Xerox is in a position where uh, the company's core business is sort of coming under fire. Hardware and related services is, was increasingly becoming commoditized a decade or so ago in a way to boost your operating margins and to create uh, recurring revenue is by selling software. And Xerox is at a point whereby um, it would have been too slow to rely exclusively on organic software product development because the, the, the software game, it's like making movies, it's like making music, it's, it's a game of hits. So if you roll out a, uh, a truly new product, something that's not just a, a refresh of an existing product, but if you roll out a truly new product, it's difficult to tell out of the box whether or not that product is going to work, whether it's going to gain traction. So if you find that your, your, your core business is becoming commoditized, and let's, the assumption is you're in a, the, the tech space and that you're, you're not a, a software company, well, the way to dig yourself out of the hole, if you're a hardware company, as an example, is to build a, a software practice because software obviously has higher gross margins, higher operating margins uh, than does hardware uh, software the way it's often sold today, as has been the case since sort of 2004 with newer companies with Salesforce.com leading the way, is it's typically sold on a recurring revenue basis. So you, t you would sell a, a subscription to, to users, in which generates uh, bookings and recurring revenue, and therefore it creates revenue visibility, which investors love. It, it, it allows you as the company, as the vendor selling the software, to then have greater visibility into your business, and therefore it's easier to, to plan your investments accordingly. And by the way, software enjoys higher valuation multiples than does hardware. And so investors love it for that reason as well. So my, my, my letter to, which I've posted publicly here on this podcast and at Tech Today, Tech Today uh, some weeks ago, my letter to Ursula Burns was, hey, you guys ought to go out there and execute a strategic M&A plan. And in, in, in order to, to sort of dig yourself out of this hole, boost the valuation, so on and so forth. Didn't expect that they would because it's not in their DNA. If, if, if you're a, a, a company that's grown up in the hardware space and you really haven't grown up uh, with software, people tend to fear what they don't know. And so given the fact that software wasn't in their DNA, I didn't expect them to go out and uh, acquire a, a, a bunch of software companies. But I, I felt like it needed to be said. And then furthermore, if you haven't really exercised the M&A muscle, you're not going to be 
effect of that executing a strategic M&A plan, even if you are familiar with software and you're a software company. That, that's a whole new muscle and competency that you need to, uh, to, to build before you undertake that type of a strategic plan. And so Xerox has been in the news recently because you've had um, activist investors get involved like Carl Icahn. Icahn is the, the largest shareholder in Xerox. Uh, Xerox's third largest shareholder is Darwin Deason. Deason sold his company, ACS, uh, to Xerox some years ago. And in fact, the um, uh, Burns referred my letter down to uh, the gentleman who was running corporate development at the time, and I don't recall his name, but he, he was with ACS, the person who ran CorpDev uh, at Xerox, who I did have a brief sort of email exchange with, but I just figured it was a kind of a waste of time. So it, it ended quickly, my, my interaction with, with Xerox. Um, it was clear that it, they weren't serious about doing anything. And so, so Deason has pushed back on Xerox saying, you know, you guys haven't exactly generated much value. If you look at the, the Xerox stock, it's, it's essentially been flat over the past decade with some ups and downs, but essentially flat. And it, it, it's come to be known that Jeff Jacobson, uh, Xerox CEO, was apparently notified by the board, Xerox's board on November 10th, that they were going to look for a new CEO. They were going to replace Jacobson. And at that time, he started to negotiate a deal with, uh, with Fuji. Xerox has a, 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 a joint venture with Fuji. And apparently, uh, Jacobson began to pursue a deal with Fuji, whereby the JV would take over Xerox and he would run that, that, that new co, uh, the, which was essentially the JV plus, plus Xerox. So in, in my view, it's a conflict of interest if a CEO has been notified that he's going to be replaced. And then he goes out and initiates a strategic deal like this, right? So that's just, it, it, it feels like a job-saving move. And we had a judge on Friday in New York uh, put a temporary halt to this deal and that the judge ruled that CEO Jacobson was conflicted in, in his negotiations with, uh, with Fujifilm and that it looks it appears to be largely a, a job-saving move on the part of, of Jacobson. But this is what happens. Point being, this is what happens when you have poor corporate governance. You have the blind leading the blind. You have a, a, a board that's, that's hopeless, that, that doesn't understand technology, doesn't understand and appreciate corporate governance. And a CEO who's out for himself in this case. And the answer would be, in my view, what I advocated back in 2012. The company still has a you know, market cap of $8 billion. Um, $8 billion doesn't go quite as far as it did a decade or so ago. So it would be essentially impossible to begin to roll up the mid-market software space particularly where uh, those companies in the mid-market, both public and private, uh, have seen their values appreciate over the past decade, particularly coming out of the 09 downturn. So your dollar isn't going to go quite, quite as far. But if you're Xerox and you have a strong management team, a strong board, which they don't, but if they took the steps to correct that, 
and then subsequently chose a path within software. For example, let's let's build out a vertical we feel strongly about. You know, healthcare may be one. Financial services could be one. Energy could be another. Healthcare feels like it's the one that's growing more so than any, any other industry vertical. Financial services, I guess you could say, total investment dollars are growing, but the industry is going uh, undergoing a, a, a big change where there's this migration of dollars out of um, actively managed funds into passive uh, investment vehicles. But healthcare IT for sure is, is, is growing in its early days. So let's just say they picked that one. Well, there's a whole host of healthcare IT companies that could be rolled up at an $8 billion valuation with a little bit of cash on hand, a little bit of stock, a little bit of uh, debt raised. You're not going to be able to take out Cerner. You're not going to be able to take out Athena Health. I mean, you could have a merger of equals with Athena. But there's a whole host of smaller healthcare IT companies that you could roll up in the 25 to 100-ish million dollar revenue range that may not trade at outrageous multiples because you know they may not be the, the top one or two in a particular sub-vertical, but maybe they're the third best company in the space. Or maybe they're an outstanding company, but they're the third or fourth smallest. Uh, and, and therefore, they would trade at a little bit of a discount. So there are those type of opportunities, but you have to have that core competency within within Xerox or, or within the acquirer, the supplies to any acquirer, in order to go out and execute a strategic plan within a particular industry vertical or, or sub-vertical. You have to understand the landscape. You have to understand what drives the landscape, where the customer needs are, where the targets that you're looking at are differentiated versus other potential targets in the marketplace, targets being the, the, the software uh, companies that you potentially acquire. And, and so, you know, I, I just don't feel confident Xerox has that muscle. So I think the company has, has two options. I'm not saying this is what they will do, but I think you have two real options. One is for the CEO, Jacobson, and the board to sort of fall on their sword and you upgrade the board and you upgrade the senior management team so that the company would be in a position to go out and execute an effective strategic M&A plan uh, and, and uh, concurrently you know, run the business in, a, in an effective manner while you're executing that, that strategic M&A plan. So that would be one course of action, basically to upgrade the quality of the people leading the company. The second option would be Hey, if you're in play, rather than get married to your partner where you're probably not pushing for the best valuation, because you're in this case it sounds like you're pushing for a job, put yourself in play. I mean, really put yourself in play, run a process, run a broad process, and sell yourself to you know, the highest bidder. Those are the, the, the two options. But to sort of just do a deal, not put yourself out for bid, uh, and to just quickly do a deal with the, uh, an existing partner with which you have a joint venture, you, you, I can almost guarantee you you're not going to get the best price for your shareholders in doing that. You're doing the quick, expedient thing. You're doing the politically expedient thing at the, at the expense of shareholders. And that's just very poor, uh, poor corporate governance and, and poor behavior by, by a CEO and by a board. That's all for now. See you next time.